Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. Okay, for this episode, I'm really excited about this because we've been interviewing Bluebells from the past, but right now I have two wonderful Lido de Paris dancers who are currently in the show, but not in the show because we are filming all of these or recording all these during quarantine. So I'm going to have you introduce yourself if you don't mind. Hi, Sherry. I'm Jeremy Bochet. I'm French. I'm 27. And yes, I'm quarantined in Paris. I live in Paris. Uh, I'm from a city near Lyon, down in the south of France. And I'm really pleased and happy to be here with you to talk about this beautiful legacy. Oh, that's awesome. So some, some of the cast spread out and some of the cast stayed in Paris. And so you're, you stayed in the city because yeah. you mentioned that you have reasons you need to stay there. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm working. I'm working on different things on, uh, on the side of the Lido. So yeah, I stayed in Paris because I had work to do, and I can work from home. Uh, I have two little cats as well. So yeah, it was just easier for me to stay in Paris. Now we decontained, so I'm gonna take some vacation and probably rent a house with a pool and you know enjoy the sun and the beautiful weather. But yeah, I've been working a lot during these weird times. Um, not dancing, but on different projects but yeah, i've been in paris this whole time awesome thank you jeremy thank you hi sherry um i'm renee rosenau uh i'm from holland um from this really tiny village a little bit above amsterdam um i'm 27 years old just turned 27 um and yeah i've been dancing at the leader since 2015 and you're quarantining, you're not in Paris. You decided to go back to um, Holland? No, when the, when the quarantine was announced, we had, I think, two days to decide where you wanted to uh, stay during your quarantine. And my boyfriend, he, his family has a house in Normandy. So we decided to go there and have some more space, more air. We could be in a garden don't feel so trapped at home yeah um, so yeah I had a my quarantine was okay but I, I'm back in Paris now I came oh, back. you are okay yes. so there there's less restriction or it was just you just felt like coming back to the city um no there is less restriction now we can go out without um without a paper before we had to write a paper um oh. for different reasons um but now we are more free and we can uh, do our groceries and walk around. Yeah. Yeah. It's just been interesting to interview people all over the world because we're all in the same situation, but maybe different stages of it. And it might look different in different places. So that's been really this whole bond of like, not just bluebells, but like, Oh my gosh, the whole world is in this place. So yeah, we're all in just, the same situation. Yeah. Yeah. And the stories that are coming out of this are going to be, who knows, it might be great art <laughs> might be something after this, but <laughs> So you guys both met, both mentioned you're from small towns. And so what was your dance training like? Uh, you know, you're not growing up in Paris, seeing this, this is what I'm gonna do. You're seeing this from, you know, from your area, like that maybe, did you see what these shows were like when you were growing up? 
Well, I started dancing because I, at a very young age, fell in love with Lido in this whole cabaret world. Uh, my mother used to to love shows, going taking me to shows. I used to to watch every year the Holiday on Ice show, and during you know the Christmas holidays, I used to watch on the TV the Moulin Rouge and Lido documentary on TV. So I really fell in love with that with that universe very early, and that's what brought me to start dancing when I was six. So it was really early pa pa patient for me. Uh, so I started with um, a couple dances. But then around 11 or 12, I started ballet and then jazz and contemporary dancing. And yeah, just been doing that for until I was 18. Uh, and then arrived in Paris when I was 18. Still, you know, my goal was to be a leader because I was just passionate about the whole history of it, the, the shows. I used to watch the, the videos on YouTube. I even like wrote, wrote letter to Lido because uh, I couldn't find some programs and stuff on eBay. So I would just, you know, trying to collect everything that I could. Um, and then I'd, I'd spend a year in Paris doing freelance. So I got to meet a lot of people and it was actually good to don't start straight away into the Lido because I got to discover new things. And a year after that, in 2012, uh, at the end of 19, I auditioned for Lido. And then my dream was like, it was there, you know, it was wow. just, yeah. What was, did you audition by yourself or did you audition with a group? I auditioned twice. I auditioned once when I just first arrived in Paris at 18. I auditioned for an open call audition. So we were about 15 boys in Paris at the Lido. Uh, and I didn't get the job this time, but then six months later, I auditioned for a private audition. It was just me and the captain. Uh, it lasted about 20 minutes. And then they, you know, took my heights, um, asked to, to see me topless, no tattoos, no everything. So, and they're just like, okay, we need the boy. Can you start like tomorrow? Oh, it was yeah. crazy. Yeah. Wow. Did you feel prepared for your first audition at 18 or did that year make a Big difference to feel more able to go into the show prepared i think because i knew where i was what i was auditioned for um it did help me but you at 18 you don't necessarily have the self-confidence and you know auditions are hard because you you always like you, you know, you have this stress and you don't really know, you're not sure, you want to make a good impression and stuff. So I don't think I was fully prepared for this first audition, but it helped me a lot because during the second audition, I changed my haircut, I changed the way I was presenting myself with my clothes. Um, I kind of knew better, I knew already the show because I have watched it before. So I had a better idea of what they would ask me. And this time I felt it. When I first came into the door, Lido for, for the second edition, I almost knew that it was, it was time, you know, I, would, I was really positive about it. So, you know, when you, when you audition, even if it's hard and taking no is never easy to, to hear, but I think you can always take advantage of this. Yeah. Step back well, and understand what they're looking for which is really smart. I feel like there's smart dancers and there's dancers that will go away either frustrated or blaming or whatever. Yeah. Like you take that and yeah. you're humble and you know, oh, this is what I can I work on. So I want to yeah. do your Renee in a minute of your journey, but I even, I don't know if they audition different for male or female because the track is different. Like I just remember watching that can-can what the girls are doing 
you need one strength and the guys like that whole like rolling push-up jumping over each other wait is that the moulin rouge i might mix them up both of can cans are fabulous but i feel like the physicality of i'm just curious if the audition is different if you're a male dancer or female dancer of what they need to see like lifts or do they want to see like that upper body strength to be able to do some partnering my first audition in 2012 was it was just a, a dance routine from the show and then we they asked to to do a diagonal with a grand jeté and a double pirouette uh, but today i'm assistant captain so i'm participating to teach the audition with the first captain uh and the audition for this show i think is might be harder i mean in a sense that uh jane our ballet mistress wants to see two routines, very different routines with different energy and different quality of dancing. So that's already that. Uh, plus they might have to, to show special streaks if they can do acrobatic and stuff. So it's, it's a bit different than my first audition. Mm. But yeah, I think it's different from the girls because girls obviously have to audition in heels and do also a couple of routines from the show. Uh, but I think they were looking for different qualities in the girls, the bluebells and the little boys. Yeah, yeah. The physicality is different. It's very so, different. Renee, what was your growing up in a smaller place? Like what you were exposed to and what your dance training was? And was that a goal to be a, a dancer in a cabaret show when you were young? Um, so I always really really love dance because my my grandma she took me from a young age to see the um, the national ballet in Amsterdam so that was actually the first times I really saw dancing in real life and I just loved everything like the people on the stage the costumes the music and of course like what they were doing with their bodies like it was so mesmerizing um so since that day, like I wanted, I wanted to dance and I wanted to be on the stage. Like, I think that was the, the main goal to be on the stage. Um, but coming from such a tiny village, like we didn't have any ballet schools or education really. So when I was old enough, I'm not sure, I think I was around eight, nine. I took the bus on my own to go to the big city and I joined um, a theater school where I was taught in in theater, in acting, singing, in dancing, and of course also ballet. So this is where I started to, um, yeah, really, really enjoy everything, but also the, the acting part of it and the costumes and the transformation. So I knew like I need to be on a stage. Um, and there was this dance teacher who really pushed me to try and uh, apply for a professional school. So this is what I did and I got accepted and I did my um, uh, studies in Harlem, which is a city next to Amsterdam. Um, and there actually in my first jazz class, the teacher, he looked at me straight away and he said, you need to go to the Lido. And I never really heard about the Lido before um, because in Holland, we don't have any cabarets. Uh, everything is modern or classical. We have some big companies, but that was the first time. So I looked it up and I got really interested. And then in my uh, third year, um, there was this woman who came into our school. I didn't know who she was, uh, but she was practicing another 
a girl from a year above me to walk on heels and like they had like they were just the two of them in a private studio and I just opened the door and I peeked like what they were doing and I was so intrigued because um, she was actually preparing these girls to do an audition for the Lido. Um, so I got in contact with her and her name is Pascal Eick. She is a former Bluebell and she danced in um, Brefismo and Saint Magique in Paris. Um, and I got in contact with her and I wanted to be like, I wanted to be prepared for an audition. And when I was in my final year, I was lucky that there was because the Lido was changing their show. So it was all like perfect timing. Um, and they came to Amsterdam actually to take the audition. And it was quite scary because I heard they were doing auditions in Berlin, in London, New York, Paris. So it was a, it was a huge thing. And already because I wanted it so bad. So I was super nervous, of course. Um, and then there's all these girls like super beautiful and long legs everywhere. Um, but I, I made it somehow it, through this super long day because it was a really, really long day. I remember I got measured, I think three times. Um, <laughs> we had so many rounds. We learned three different choreographies with, um, with the choreographer of the new show. Um, and actually in the end, when, when we finished all the dancing, we had a whole uh, training section with uh, two former acrobats who were testing our strength and our flexibility. And we had to do handstands against the wall and they will test your core strength oh. and <laughs> endurance because yeah, there, we had to maybe do aerial stuff in the show. And um, yeah, it was a crazy day. And um, then I had to wait for, I think, <laughs> two months <laughs> for, until I got an answer. So I graduated and I was waiting. Like I was checking my mail every single day. And I remember that my that my dad told me like, oh, don't worry, it's the 14th of July. This is like a um, Bastille Day in France. So they'll probably won't work. So you won't get an email. But I still looked and then I, I got the email that said, we would like to give you a contact for this new show starting in January. And I, that was, I will never forget that moment. Did you do a happy dance when you got that? Oh yeah, and I cried and I called my parents and I was saying, I'm moving to Paris. Oh. <laughs> I've never been before in Paris when I, when I got that email. So it was really sweet because my dad actually took me that um, a couple of months later to Paris for a week to see the city and um, yeah, see like uh, my future. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, that's, yeah, this Paris has this kind of allure Yeah. and then get in there and you see, you know, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to live here and then have to figure out how to navigate a new city. Did, did you guys have help? Because Jeremy, can you tell, because you were in a different show. So you were there with the ending of one, and the beginning of another. Yep. So, and also the fact that you guys had part of the cast came from that first show. So you've got a mix of people from different countries. You've got a mix of new cast members mixed with old, all learning a new show. So even just that process, if you're coming in, established with your friends and then coming in new 
you know, kind of trying to find your, your place in a show. What was that like? So Jeremy, do you want to tell a little bit about the, the show you were in and how that, you know, the switching of the shows, how that works? Yeah. Uh, so I started Lido in 2012. So Bono was already on stage for um, nine years. So I got to do the two and a half last years of that show. And my experience for this new show was very different because we all got to do an intern audition. And then we obviously got to wait, as René did um, for an answer. But we already knew that some of us, our friends, our colleagues would stay for the new show and some of us would unfortunately have to leave. So that was a stressful, exciting in the same time, times, but you know, the atmosphere at the Lido and backstage really changed at that point because it was yeah, stressful for everyone. So I got the, the, the response from the direction saying, you, we're gonna keep you for the, for the new show and it was amazing. Um, and then we did that last show, the, the, the dernier, the, the last show of Bonner, which was a fantastic night. I never lived that. It was kind of the, the same feeling as the Bluebell Reunion that we did last year. It was just like this excitement in the audience. It was amazing. Uh, then we had a month uh, of break of nothing because the leader was doing work in the, in the structure of the, the building and everything. Uh, and then we start rehearsal in January 2015. Uh, so half of the cast from Bonner stayed for the new show and the other half was new, just new people. So I really feel, well, in my experience, we, I feel like the whole dynamic and what I was used to change, we just all start from zero with the new cast. Uh, I mean, for me, it was just, you know, new show, new dancers, new everything, new costumes, new choreography. So, and also because I was... I was 22, I think, and it was my first creation. Uh, so, yeah, I, I really feel like we all put everything to zero and just create it from here. Uh, and it was really interesting also to meet new, new dancers, uh, new nationalities. I, I always think that you learn so much by watching and, and exchanging with others. I learned, I learned a lot from watching people. Um, so... It, it was really intense, uh, this creation, because it was three months every day, uh, first in the studio and then at Lido, when the Lido was ready to, for us to, to go back on stage. Um, but yeah, it was really intense, very interesting. Um, it's definitely a, a one-in-a-lifetime experience because, yeah. you know, Lido, especially this kind of show, big costume production show, they only change, well, back in the day, they used to change every four or five years, nice, every 10 years. So you don't, you don't get to do many creation in your life. So that was really intense, but interesting. Yeah. Well, I want to come back, like just the physicality of that show. So we'll come back to that, like just rehearsing every day. I can't imagine what your bodies were feeling like. <laughs> the need, like how you were saying, Renee, to be able to do a handstand. Cora, because you, you can't come in and be a dancer that just does it recreational and survive that many shows, that much physicality. You have to have a strong base before you even enter into rehearsals to not break your body. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone was really ready. And we had such strong people when we, when we started this creation. Um, I was um, with the bell group and we had to practice this number um, where we 
are standing on a big chandelier. Oh, um, yeah. Super high up in the air. Um, and we had to dance on there and no one ever danced on a chandelier before. Right. So we had training every day to strengthen our core, to practice on this, on this, on this, on this big chandelier and also on this height because that can be quite frightening. So yeah, we had big, big trainings like physical training every day next to our, our dance training. Um, yeah, that well, was really also at an angle on that, right? Cause it even feels like oh, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're, you can't let go of your core at all. Just the positioning yeah. on that chandelier. I'm because I'm a massage therapist and a dancer who's had some injuries. I look at that and go, Oh my gosh, like <laughs> that's taking more strength than anyone could know and you're looking like it's just fluff like it's so easy but that's yeah. so nice to hold your body in those positions Stra are you getting you're strapped right isn't there like a yeah. heart so we have we have like a harness like around our waist um and we can move um you can basically like almost turn in it so you have quite some freedom which can be also scary because you know you're attached and you're perfectly safe but um, to give this show and like show nothing's going on, but at the same time, the audience doesn't see the drop that's beneath you. Like, <laughs> don't yeah. look down, just do your thing. Um, oh, we lost some sound here. Oh, oh there we are. Okay, that's the fun as soon as we get that robot talk. <laughs> <laughs> Renee, when you came in not knowing anyone, did you was your very first day at rehearsal the first time meeting anyone, or was there kind of a little getting to know people before, or like here we all are together on their first rehearsal day? Um, yes, I saw the first people on the platform of the train that we had to take to go to our rehearsal uh, area because the leader was still under construction. Um, and yeah i remember it so well there were so many people um and we we just got changed started this warm-up and like so many different languages as well and I, it sounds weird but at the time i didn't really speak english or french um and even though i thought i learned english like in school there were so many different um uh, accents and people from australia but also from ireland from from Wales, from England, from the north, from the south. Like I was just so confused. Um, but I agree on what Jeremy said. Like you learn so much personally, but also artistically from all those different people around you. And um, every person has his different story and his different path of how they came at the same point where I was at that point. I, I was such like so young and so... It was my first job, so I was so nervous. Um, so it was a lot, really. Also Paris, like it was such a big city. I'm from such a small town. It was a lot, but um, also like amazing. Yeah. Yeah, because that, that's, um, that's, to not speak the language is a whole nother thing of, you know, coming into a new city, trying to figure out a language and learn a show and new people. Because I know like a lot of people I've interviewed, it's, it's the ones who've been in it for a while that help the new ones come in. And you had mentioned something about kind of your, um, your um, stage mom that just, did that continue after your audition or like when you're in the new cast, now you have people looking out for you. And then when you're the older ones and the new one comes in, does that, 
do you feel like that passes down that people look out for the new the newbies um yeah so um pascal she we keep we kept contact uh, ever since i did the audition um and we talked in the beginning almost every day we're still talking almost every other day um because she lived the same thing and like she she knows how i felt moving into paris she reassured me when i was freaking out when i um didn't know what to do um so yeah it was a real uh i can say that she definitely became like a second mom to me like like a mentor and um and yeah it's true along the way like when when i started to really know my colleagues and my 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 girls like now they're looking out for me and like we have such friendships um that i believe you make for a lifetime like you go through so much um stuff and you see each other every day like and and also you 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 work so close with each other and half naked sometimes so it's really intense like the bonds that you create with someone did did she come see you in the show has she seen you yes the, she did oh yeah. that that would be a wonderful thing as a mentor to see you know nerve-wracking nerve-wracking really yeah, I bet, yeah. <laughs> wow yeah. so once the show opened you know like how has that been like i know you, you know if you do the same show I think people assume if you do it, you're going to get bored. But I, I know I've talked to people that are swings. Like you can't let yourself get bored doing these shows for the audience sake, for your own sake, for your cast sake and for safety. Like how is that doing the same show? What is it that keeps it fresh and new for you each time that curtain goes up? Well, for me, when we first, um, when we start this new show in 2015, they offered me a place of swing, which led to replace also the captain. So I'm that second captain and doing a different show every night and sometimes a different spot in the same number. You know, I'm always changing spots during the show. It really helps um, because every night is different and you know you get replacement or you get to do a lift with a different girl um because it's open seven days seven it always changes so and the audience as well every every show is different the, the response of the audience the culture of it so i don't I, i'm not getting bored um the only thing that i wasn't expecting you know when you start dancing at 18s you just you know, feel young and good in your body. Uh, but working six days a week, uh, doing two shows a night, that is hard on the body. And that's why I learned so much from Lido. Uh, you got to be so careful with your warm up and the way you take care of your body because it's not the show itself, but it's the, the repeat, like the fact that you do it so much and for a long period of time, that, that is really hard on the body. So you, you really need to be careful with that. That's why I learned being a leader. And most of the dancers don't really realize that, especially when they freelance, they just do a TV gig or an event, uh, but they don't realize. They always say, oh, leader is easy, cabaret is easy. No, it is not because you got to be on it. And even if your back hurts or your knee or whatever, you don't want to, to show it to the audience. Always need, I always think when I'm tired and it's like 11 on a Monday night and for the second show, I always think, about someone in the audience who's going to come here for the first time and probably the last time. You know, you want to bring the Lido experience to every single audience member, even if it's 
a Monday or a Saturday night or yeah. whatever, you know. Yeah. Well, I know, I remember, I remember the, the can-can being extremely physical. Like I was really impressed. It was a beautiful can-can. I feel like the Moulin, we both have different, the Moulin Rouge, which I want to talk about that a little bit too, if you guys have any connection with the Moulin dancers, but it's still extremely physical. And then the swan number, are all the girls on point in that? Or were there just some, or was that just the video? Cause I'm trying to think, I remember in the video saying point, she's like, I can't remember when I saw the show live, if, if the girls were on point. Well, in this show in particular, we have a lot of numbers that are um, swinging. So it's never the same girl every night. Like we do have a, a, a tango, which, we, which is called Musette. And we, everyone is not doing it. It's only a selection of a few people. And we work with different partners and we rotate. Uh, it's the same for the point shoes in, in the, the swan number. A few girls are doing points, but there's like maybe five or six and they will rotate. Uh, every night so we do have this kind of rotation in a few numbers like trio for example which is um af uh, just before or after oh my god it's been it's three months year. i don't remember the show. <laughs> exactly after the chandelier that change uh, the boys and the girls change every night as well because it's those numbers are harder yeah physically. so the the ballet mistress had to put this system in place so we can rotate on those spots that is so smart because I feel like I remember doing a kick line in one of our shows where it feels like 80% of the kicks are on your right leg. So, mm. and then being a teacher, you demonstrate like, of course, we're all going to kick with our right. Well, in the meantime, this hip and then so many hip dysfunction because the show, I feel like a lot of times we just don't, one side is dominant. And so if you do that over and over, but rotating and if you're, if you're a swing, maybe you reverse it. So you're a little bit more balanced in your yeah, body. Exactly. But yeah. I think, yeah, that's the thing of doing it night after night. Like you're not, conscientious to make sure that you're taking care of symmetry or like the over repetitive mm -hmm. that are going to injure your body. So there's a ballet mistress, which I'm going to actually do an interview with Jane, right? She's the ballet mistress. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that implies that you're doing ballet or not. Like, is it a requirement um, or, or is she more like a dance captain or is it cleaning up the show or keeping the technique in line? So the, the, the captain is taking care of the rehearsal. Um, but the ballet mistress, our ballet mistress, Jen, is always here in rehearsal uh, with her assistants to, to watch it and to, uh, you know, tell her captain uh, what she wants the boys to rehearse, for example. Um, but she takes care of everything that's related to the show and the company. Uh, but in terms of uh, training, we don't have, we, we do have um, a yoga classes from time to time. Uh, or we do have a, a, a course with our, um, how do you call it, kiné? Um, 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 yes, exactly. So we did have that since the last few years to help us improving our warm-ups and our training. Uh, but we don't have a set classes every week. We only do rehearsal. Yeah, uh, but there is some numbers. Sorry, there are some numbers that... Um, you definitely need a classical bass. Yeah. Like I think that's for everything in every dance, but we have um, a big variation between numbers and some numbers are more classical, neoclassical than others. Which I want to come back to that too. Cause when I talk about the reunion, I want to talk about just uh, the show, like how um, eclectic it is. 
but right now you have not done the show since March, mid-March, since quarantine. Yeah. So I'm assuming you're not doing what a lot of people are doing in quarantine is sitting and watching Netflix and, and eating um, a lot of bread. Because everybody's baking bread in America. I don't know if that's everywhere. <laughs> and but there, but you can't do that. And when the show's open, just pop back in there because you're gonna have to really keep your body strong so you don't come back and injure. And also the cardiovascular that you're gonna need to, to get in a show after this long period of rest. Is there a requirement or every dancer is just responsible and doing what they know they need to do to take care of their body so they're ready? Yeah, I, I think everyone is, um, is doing the best they can. Um, but there are so many um, options now online, on like social media, uh, on YouTube. Um, you can basically follow any class you want uh, from any company from all over the world. So I think this is really a beautiful um, thing that came out of this uh, quarantine life. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm also doing my uh, classes daily to, to keep uh, the strength and the flexibility. Are any of the Lido dancers offering online classes? Because I want to take one. <laughs> We, we did have on uh, social media, um, on Facebook and, and Instagram, some live workouts. Uh, we oh, had yeah. at least once a week. Uh, so yeah, we, and then we're gonna, I think we're gonna put them on, on YouTube soon. Um, but yeah, I've been the same as Renee. I've been working out every day to keep in shape and also, you know, to don't lose my flexibility and strength uh, because we know that we have to, <laughs> work hard whenever we're gonna go back to Lido and you know we're gonna do rehearsal and stuff but you can go back and be like unprepared <laughs> yeah. Yeah. well and then the brain because even that much time like it'll be interesting how fast it all comes back in, in your muscle memory and your brain and how much yeah. it's gonna be like do we ever do this show yeah so do you have any stories of like you know it's such an elegant show and I feel like a lot of dancers have had stories of elegance but also like two interviews talk about camel poop on the stage. Like, I think that there's the bigger the show, the bigger the disaster. Cause if you're just wearing a leotard, it's different than when you've got a giant headdress on, you're dealing with stairs and things on the stage moving. And uh, yeah, do you not, not that you have to embarrass anyone, but have there been things that you're like, we just keep going, these things happen. We did have this poop uh, story as well, but this time with birds, uh, because we used to have swan in this show for a year during the fountain, the, the, the swan number. Um, and just after that number, there's a, um, another number with a principal wearing a huge, a huge dress and the boys are under the dress. So basically the dressers brought the dress at the back of the stage and put them on the poop of the birds. Boys went inside the dress, under the dress, and there's a guy who needs to leave the principal who is in the dress, and he basically had bird poop all over his shoulder, and the smell was there for weeks. It was yeah. terrible. Oh, I'd be surprised how how smelly that that swan poop is. Oh, I it was so smelly. It might look elegant, but yeah, that's yeah. So Renee, do you have? Uh, well, about that about that same dress. Um, I, I'm very lucky. I I get to do the principal sport now and then, um, and I'd wear that dress. And there's one night I'll never forget. Um, I we we start uh, the the curtain goes up and we I start walking forward with all these boys underneath, and 
there is something going on and I don't really know what it is. But then we found out that there was a cockroach <gasps> under the bed. Oh, it was no. hot, so people just started kind of like freaking out and there was like a lot going on. It was a little bit unstable, but very funny. So they only see you from the waist up as you, but and that dress is ginormous. So there's like a whole oh, thing. Oh my gosh. And if you're yeah, tickling, a whole choreography like, underneath. Yeah. six boys underneath, yeah. So does that, because I remember, I mean, the girl in the video and the one I think when the night we came had glasses. Does that role also rotate? So different people get to be the, you know, the different featured or is it the same people that are featured? Like I know the, the singer probably stays the same. Um, so when I arrived in Lido, I started as a bell dancer. So that are the topless ones. And um, I was very lucky to uh, be able to learn the part of um, the lunette girl, the girl who, who tells the story and uh, she's, she's wearing glasses, um, which was really, which I really enjoyed because it's like, it's, it's a lot of acting as well, which I absolutely love. Um, but yes, that spot is, is um, we're swinging that spot as well because she will be off uh, once a week and sometimes on holiday. So, and you never know if someone gets injured. So of course there will be, there's more people that know that spot um and yeah i think every every line is is, is swinging a lot with their, their which is great to keep the show interesting and it gives more people a chance to be featured it gives people a chance to take a, you know, a little bit of a break that's interesting because when you see the show you really you know we we don't know the mechanics and even the show i did it was open seven days a week and there would be a swing that would swing this person monday this person tuesday but there was just one swing per line, but the fact that you guys have a lot more um, flexibility now, I think just to keep, again, keep your body safer too. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people um, can also swing in the line. And um, I think no matter what happens, the show will always go on. Like this is, I think what, uh, what we experienced for the past years, like it doesn't matter that the audience will never know, but there will always be a show no matter what, like, they will figure it out. Yeah, well, if someone's in the wrong place or if you space yeah. out even a little bit, it throws everybody off. But if you're professional, you know how to adjust that. Yeah, exactly. And I, I really had to, the experience when I first started Captain because you don't realize the, the organization as an audience member that there is behind the curtain. Um, I had experience, uh, like, for example, on Saturday night where a boy would get sick or another one would get injured or whatever and then you have to re-block the whole show and sometimes twice in the same night and because some numbers are swinging it's like okay so I have to change that but this boy is not doing that part with that girl so we need to see with the bluebells captain if she can give me that girl so it's like a big puzzle sometimes that yeah. you have to redo in a very short amount of time because um, if it happens in the middle of the show, you don't have the choice. The number, the show must go on. So you have to reblock everything and to be quick on your toe. When you have to have people that are willing to do that, because I think, you know, some of the shows, people have done the same thing for years and they don't want to, I mean, I think it's definitely different when you've got a cast that comes in knowing, like, just be ready. Uh, we're going to have extra rehearsals. You don't get to just, you know, check in and do your show and leave. You have to be adaptable because... Mm -hmm it affects everyone, but I feel like that's, that also keeps you smart. 
as a smart dancer because you have to adapt quickly. You have to use your brain, um, and mm -hmm. you have to think, you have to think of the whole picture, not just like what is my my track to do. Yeah, um, I, interesting. Sorry, go ahead. What were you gonna say, Renee? Yeah, yeah, it, it's true and keeps it interesting to yeah. change. Yeah. yeah, so we're gonna do that every night. Cause I just think a lot of people that I am in certain, that they do musical theater, you rehearse for a few weeks, you do the show maybe a month or two and then you're done. And so you don't really have time to get into the, the groove of feeling what people feel like on stage when it changes, when you've got somebody dancing next to you affects a lot. And I think that the more you really connect with the cast, the more you can really feel every little change on stage as opposed to like when you're still like learning the show and just getting into it and then it's done. I feel like there's those advantages of doing it long-term where it's gonna be recreated every show if you let it always be fresh. So I would love to talk about the reunion because that's actually what inspired me. I wanted to do this podcast because I we had a reunion to Hello Hollywood almost two years ago. And that was wonderful. And then I was like, when's the next one? I, I want to do more because we didn't realize how much we needed to connect to really appreciate what we had. And because we didn't have the social media thing, we're just a lot of us seeing each other, even knowing the other ones were still around at this point. So when um, uh, Lindsay put this together, I was like the very first day I signed up, I was so excited to see everybody. And that she, I will do a shout out to her all the time. That reunion was so beautiful and personal like she we had a get together on the Lido stage where they had our costumes which all of us I didn't even dance on that stage I danced in Reno I was offered Paris and like a dummy I turned it down and I went there went oh I wish I had done this um but just seeing the costumes being on the stage we were really emotional and then uh seeing the show that because I, I want to hear your perspective because we were giddy when the curtain came up I think we were screaming we were crying we remembered what it felt like I think we'd also had the we did the dance class that day on the Lido stage there's only 20 and just be on the stage it was really fun because we got to see the I think it was the finale we learned uh, let's go Perry mm -hmm. uh, we learned I'm sure a modified version because none of us can kick our face <laughs> anymore and we, they made it simpler for us but it was fun to be on the stage and see it from the other side um, so I already felt connected, I think, and there's a photo shoot where a few of the, the current dancers came out and we were all like starstruck. And like, even though we did that, there was something of this, oh my gosh, there's a bluebell in the show right in front of us. So for me uh, to see that there was still the glamour and the, and the echoes of bluebells gone by, but it also was very contemporary, which I know some people like, they want it to stay the same. And some people had a preference of the Moulin Rouge and the Lido, because we all came from a different place. I love the Lido because it had the glamour, but also some of those numbers were more contemporary. And the technique, like the tango was one of my favorite. I mean, the, the, the technique and the beauty and the performance and the connection was so wonderful. I was, when it was over, I was sad. I couldn't go see it again. Like I am going back to Paris when this is all over because I need to see the show again. I've watched videos because there's something so beautiful, but it feels like a somewhat, it's, really classy, but has a little bit of grit in the right way. Like the, the Mohawk piece that is just like, oh, this is like current, but still has that very classy feel, which I think is really hard to combine. Uh, to not throw away, you know, the Bluebell style from before and not to just make it what we can see in a dance class. It definitely has its own um, path. So anyway, I was ecstatic. And then we got to be on stage afterwards with the after party dance and the fact that there were all these current dancers with us on stage and the photo shoot 
And I kept looking over, I'm like, these must, they must be so tired. They just did a show. They're in their heels. They're in that beautiful bouquet. But whatever was on the faces did not feel like people were over it. Like, I felt like there was something wonderful of the energy you gave us. So what was like that for you to say, oh my gosh, there's all these old broads, all these old bluebells out in the audience <laughs> to see us. What, how much did they even prep you? Like who we were, what we were doing there and like, was it just another night for you guys or what, what was that for you even getting ready for the show? I think it was very special and we were all aware that that special, specific reunion was happening. For me, I found out as same as you because I'm on the, the Facebook groups with all the former Bluebells and stuff. So uh, when Lindsay organized it, I immediately followed it because I was super excited for it. I even made sure that I wouldn't put my holidays on the same week because I really wanted to and to meet the former Lido uh, and Bluebell dancers to me was, uh, you know, a, a really good experience and I didn't want it to miss it. Uh, and it was such a fabulous night. I mean, um, I was so nervous before the show and I don't get that nervous even when my mother is watching the show. And then <laughs> as soon as the curtain opened, we just heard this amazing audience screaming and, and cheering for us. And I had goosebumps on stage, never happened before. I mean, that was just fabulous. The, the energy, we could really feel the connection with the audience. And it was a special moment, a really special moment. And the party after we got to talk with everyone and to exchange stories and it was really amazing. And that's why I love your podcast because you get to connect with different generations of bluebells. And I think the legacy that we have here is so special and unique in the world. Uh, and that, that, this night was about that, that legacy and that uniqueness that we share, uh, that Bluebell made. Um, so yeah, to me, it was really an amazing night. It was definitely a, a highlight. Um, and I got my, you know, my little book, uh, the, the Fabuleux Roman du Lido with all the, the archive pictures and I got to everyone to sign it and it was just fabulous. I wish I had thought of that. I wish I had gotten it signed. Yeah. <laughs> well, on the next one, Lindsay's already working on another one and we're like, come on, we, we want another one. Exactly. So, Renee, you were in the show because that, like, this, how long had the show been running? Because we went last August, but the, sh the show opened up. How long had the show been running when we came to that? It's still um, kind of. By that time, it, uh, it was four years because yeah. okay. we, we are about to celebrate. Um, we just celebrated our five, fifth year anniversary of Paris Merveille. Yeah, 2015 till 2020. Um, but yeah, I was in, the, in that show that night and I also uh, knew about it and I was very excited because I already heard about it, of course, from um, Pascal, who also came. Um, she there and, then? Sorry? Was she there that night? She was there as well. And oh. I was so nervous, like Jeremy, because you want to, of course, you always want to show your best, but like, this is all people like who has been on that stage before you in amazing shows. And they're part of this, so uh, this, this, this history. Um, so yeah, the, the, there was so much pressure, but when the curtain opens and everyone was just screaming and going crazy like and it and it kept on going the, the whole show um that was absolutely incredible and then uh for the after party to meet um all those all the 
dancers and actually to see the friends of the 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 other generation and realize we actually are living the same life but now it was really inspiring to see all those different women but we all kind of like we're so lucky that we can live the same um kind of story right now what i feel like it's what i've been doing in the interviews is how many friendships that go back from the 60s and 70s and 80s that they're still friends their families are connected and that was without social media so mm -hmm. like you said it's a very different it's, it's your family like you're going to do holidays together and you have a bond that is different than if you just work with someone and do your life and coming in from different countries i just feel like it's a it's a different kind of friendship that i i really think you guys will have that too because that's going to last your whole life yeah uh, yeah and that was really that was really nice to see that that well of course right now you're convinced that you have such good friends but it was so nice to see that actually it is gonna last and we're all gonna stay together and we share this um, special job and time in our lives. Yeah, I'm so happy that it's still there because I went to the closing of Jubilee in Vegas and people like, oh, this is the end, because Vegas, there's no more, everything is Cirque du Soleil. But I'm like, I'm going to Paris. I don't, I think I just reconnected this part of my story only like five or six years ago. I was like, oh, that's something I did. And it started to grow and grow like I need I need to go see a show. I don't care if I have to go to Paris if that's the last one. And I did go a few years ago and I went to the Moulin Rouge. I didn't make it to the Lido. And so this time we did both. Like Lindsay arranged it. We went to, to the Lido one night and the Moulin Rouge. And the shows are different, but beautiful. And it was good to see like these iconic uh, houses of entertainment that are still there. Do you, do you and the Moulin Rouge dancers, do you know each other? Is there any connection or is it pretty separate or? Yeah, I think we still know most of them. And I mean, we hang out together, we go out together to party, uh, we do outside job together. So I still think there's a big bond in between those two maisons, those two cabarets, even though the direction is not the same because they used to be in the same family. Now it's completely different. But I, I do think that we belong to the same family in a sort of way. Oh, I love that. Wow. So Okay, my brain just stopped for a second. <laughs> um, okay, so I have a couple of questions because we're going to wrap up. Uh, if you, okay, so what are you most looking forward to when you come back in for your, to get going again, that first day of rehearsal? What are you, what's keeping you going? Well, I can't wait to go back on stage and to, you know, what I love about the Lido, there's always something new. And next year, we're going to celebrate the 75th anniversary of Lido. So I can't wait for that. I cannot wait to, you know, to go back to, to, to be with my friends again, to wear my costumes. You know, the stage is, I miss the stage, really. Yeah. Wait, when is the 75th anniversary? Well, um, 2021, and it's going to be, in June, I think the lead opened 20th of June in 1946. So it's going to be uh, 75 years next year. Yeah, 2021. Right. Get my ticket soon. I will be there for that yes. one. <laughs> I'm trying to find, and if anyone who's listening, I want to find some of those dancers that go all the way back, if there's any left, to tell those stories of what, because it's a different building. Like the Lido changed over. It's a new, yeah. new spot. But just to hear, like, even during the war, like I know there's amazing stories that Bluebell was part of, of what it was like to be in Paris with the occupation of Germany. And, but there's just so much history 
in that block. And so, and then the Moulin Rouge has their history. And so I love that there is a connection between the Moulin Rouge and Lido when Bluebell had dancers in both. Mm -hmm. so some of my friends actually did both and it was normal. It wasn't like competitive, but that's what I think is beautiful that you're friends with them and, and do outside jobs, which if we had more time, I would love to hear that. Like that dancers always have other gigs you can do because it yeah. opens up open doors. So Renee, what are you, what are you looking forward to most? Oh, definitely the stage. Yeah. Like the, that's a, and also just being in the theater because that's just like a special feeling. I don't know. I just feel best on the stage. <laughs> so I want to go back on there and like um, be able to live into like those different um, tableaus that we have and like different dances and potatoes, different characters. That's what I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. Oh. Well, it's interesting because there's a lot of dancers that just live for class. They don't really want to be on stage. They come alive being in the class, just getting to do new choreography all the time. But all the bluebells I've talked to, when they talk about the stage, their whole body changes. Mm -hmm. Like you go to be on stage. Like it is so in you. And like you said, at a young age, like I'm going to do this. And there's a, like a path that you have to figure out when no one has it clear for you. Like, how do you, how do you do this? You've found a way because that passion to be on stage, obviously, you know, brought you there. And so to end with, because I'm, I'm, this is for a lot of Bluebell's past, but also hopefully Bluebell's future, because I, I keep trying to encourage my dancers that don't really know this is an option. They all want to move to LA, um, but they, wait, what? There's more? So if you are talking to younger dancers that think they want to do this, do you have any words of wisdom to leave with them coming from your path, which is different from each other, but you obviously can't take dance lightly and show up and do this show. Well, I would say train hard. Uh, don't lose your passion because that's what is going to drive you your whole career. Um, whenever you audition to for a place like the Lido, for example, uh, get prepared. Come uh, to the audition knowing where you are and what was there before and what is there now. Um, and then, yeah, go for it and dream big. That's what I would say to a, a young oh. dancer. I love that. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I agree on that. Dream big because I never could have dreamed all of this. And yeah, believe in it somewhere and be prepared as a really good one because, yeah, I don't know. That, that's really good. And for me, what always works is fake it till you make it. Because when people don't know you and you walk into that room, just own it and do it because you only have got one chance and maybe it's going to change your life. Yeah. So make it. Well, the advantage now is there's video because to not like for you're going to go for a musical, you want to know what the hit, what the storyline is. You don't want to go in prepared for Hamilton when you're going to do like, you know, Oklahoma. So knowing the history, I thought I love that you said that and watching this style because I think people are surprised that they have to walk at an audition <laughs> and walk well. And they're like, yeah, but I can kick. Like, well, can you walk and carry a giant Christmas tree on your back or <laughs> and look elegant doing it and going up and down stairs? I think that that part also needs to be prepared. Like you're, you know, like you said, poor and your grace is not something that you just put aside thinking just technique is going to get you there. And Renee, even though you said you did musical theater before, like that ability to perform is not a, a, a given for a lot of dancers of how to actually project and tell a story night after night. 
so that background, it feels like that probably gave you a good head start too. Um, yes, I think uh, technique is very, very important to be a, a good dancer, but you have to live it and you have to live the story and, and, and be able to bring it over to the public. Um, so yeah, you have, for me, acting really helped with that. And I don't know, I just, I just feel it like it's inside. I think it's passion. You have to have passion for it. And if you work hard and believe in it, then it'll bring you where you need to be. Well, and I think Jeremy too, because you know, like if you give the audition, you, you can see that. You can see technique, but you can see like who is living this. Yeah, like, absolutely. Oh, oh, this good dancer is going to get it later. You, you kind of, you have to figure it out, out in the audition, like who is actually going to rise to that and not just be a good dancer. Because no one mm -hmm. wants to watch a technical dancer with no passion. Yeah, exactly. I think a good dancer is not only a good dancer, so, so a smart dancer, someone who who knows when he's doing a dance routine what it is about or what what does he want to say or or express and and i think it's so important to get information um and and details or historic details or or, or to talk with your choreographer or whatever but to to know why you are on stage right now what are you doing and what you're expressing to the audience and i think that you, you know, you, you, you can work on it, but if you don't have it, um, it's, it's like an X factor, you know, and you see that in audition, you see people who just get it and they're, they're right here and they're almost like, you, you can almost prepare the contract because they are made to be on that stage. Ah, that's so good. So I just have one question before we go. What is the name of the little cafe really close to Lido that has the best macarons? Do you know what that's called? What that place is? It's just a couple blocks over in the Champs Elysees. It's a famous macaroon place. Ah, it might be uh, La Durée. Yeah, I think so. Is that it? Because I uh -huh. sat there when I was filling in some time between our dance class and the show, having mm -hmm. a macaroon and a cappuccino, looking out of that view. So when I come to see the show, can I take you guys out for a cappuccino and a macaroon there? Absolutely. Okay. Okay, I will, and I will be at the show, and if I'm the only one screaming, I don't care. I'll be a crazy American that will scream when the curtain comes up. But I, when this all lifts and it's safe to travel, Paris is my first destination. Um, I fell in love with it, and I want to see the show again. But I would so love to see you in the show and go, oh, okay, I, now I have a couple of things. <laughs> so I think it'd be really fun to come back to the show knowing your story and yeah. knowing our stories are connected. But seriously take me up on it we'll go have a cappuccino and if you don't like macaroon you can choose something else um, <laughs> but thank you for taking the time and i really hope that you get to get back in there when it's safe to do that and that your heart gets to just enjoy that stage again but take care of yourself in the meantime and thank you so much this was a treasure to get to do with you guys thank you so much yes, thank you thank you